The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome everyone to the show Intentional Spirit. You know how much I appreciate and value all of you out there and you share uh, not only guests and let us know great conversations and people that are doing amazing things in the world, but you also share the show in a way that people all over the world listen to it now. I'm humbled by that and most appreciative. You know, we're always talking about the Intentional Spirit. Behind every shift and change, there is that consciousness of, wow, something is intentional about it. Um, I have really been looking forward to this show. I have goosebumps. It's one of my favorite subjects in the whole, whole world. It's about animal rights. It's about animals that have other people uh, on the planet speak for them or represent them or share for them in some way. They are the greatest medicine on the planet. They are the great healers. Um, I know, along with my guest today, I bet they would say this, that there will come a day we'll all get down on our knees and apologize when we realize that they are by far so much more evolved than we. That being said, I welcome to my show today, Greg Maley, who has transformed so many lives of dogs, 30,000 plus, as his rescue work and all he does. And then the guy that was so moved by him, Peter Zoitlan, as a journalist writing an Amazon bestseller book, Rescue Road, One Man, 30,000 Dogs, and a Million Miles on the Last Hope Highway. Now that alone makes me want to cry. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the show today. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, well, I'm I'm so grateful um, that you're here. I'm um, I'm giddy and beaming from ear to ear. Um, Greg Maley, how how did these animals so many years ago find you? Tell us the story of you being an intentional spirit. I'm not sure that all of this was a planned affair. Um, Ten years ago, uh, I got a call from my sister who was running a rescue. Uh, She had dogs that were making their way across Ohio. The person bringing them was too tired to make make the drive. My sister asked me if I would go out along the interstate. This was around midnight, and we're in Ohio around February, so it was freezing. Um, if I would go out and meet this person that I'd never met before in my life, get in the van with them and travel to Connecticut, um, which, you know, sounded really odd and peculiar to me um, of meeting a stranger like that and just getting in the car with them and going for a trip. Um, 
I wasn't doing anything. I was available. Um, I thought it sounded almost like a crazy adventure. So I said, yes, I would go and meet her. Um, so somewhere around midnight in the pitch black, I met her. Um, uh, she was in a van. She had a load of dogs. Um, it, it, the, the smell of something that I couldn't even begin to describe to you. Um, and I made that trip. Um, and got those dogs to their destination. That was my very first taste of rescue, and that was my very first taste of seeing that dogs needed moved from point A to point B. Wow. And, and Greg, when was this that you got this call? Approx- approximately 10 years ago. Wow. And there's been over 55,000 dogs that have been transported. There's been a lot, yes, ma'am. <laughs> there's been a there's been a few. What is it that we say? Never doubt that one person can, you know, or a few people can change the world. Actually, they're the only ones that that can. Well, I'm also extremely curious, as I know our listening audience is, is that here you are doing this work. You're transporting dogs one life at a time, making impact, uh, being a, a difference maker. And Peter, how did you come into play with this story? How did you meet him? You've been a long-term successful journalist, writer. Um, how did this encounter happen with the two of you? Well, for me, it started with our decision in 2012, our family, uh, to adopt a rescue dog um, that came up to Massachusetts from Louisiana. And as it turns out, uh, it won't surprise people, but the, the, the man who was driving him north was Greg. And while he was en route, um, Greg, as he does on all of his trips, um, documents every trip on Facebook. It's so people like us waiting anxiously can follow the journey of our dog north, and it's also for all the people who played a role in helping that dog find its way to Greg's truck and, and to a forever home. And, um, and while our dog, Albie, was in transit, um, my wife saw Greg's Facebook post, uh, one of his Facebook posts, and there was a picture of Greg with Albie, and he had written something quite beautiful uh, underneath it about their journey together, and I thought, wow, this is really an extraordinary guy. You know, he's not just a truck driver moving, you know, things from point A to point B. Um, he's really got his heart and soul invested in this work, and when I got more curious about why there were so many dogs like Albie uh, coming north from the south, it was something I didn't know really before until we adopted him, I wanted to learn more, and I realized that Greg would be a terrific window into this whole world of, of, of dog rescue and uh, you know, could, could lead me to all the people that he connects with that do the really hard work of you know, pulling these dogs from shelters or off the streets and getting them well and finding them homes and getting them on their journeys north. So that's how my life and Greg's intersected. Um, tell me um, through this encounter and, you know, and writing the book, and I know that the book has been getting a lot of attention. Um, how would we define um, some of the changes that have happened since then? Are we getting more donations are we getting feedback from people that it's giving them creative ideas? I would be, I would be curious of some of the things and how other people are waking up because of this. Uh, 
do you want me or Greg? I can take a stab. At I would. Greg. I'll take both of you. Okay. <laughs> both um, of you tell me, right? Well, I think you know. I mean, one of the things that's unique about Greg, you know, he's he's not the only person transporting dogs, but I think he's unique in the sort of community that has evolved around his operation. Um, when I first met Greg, I think he had about twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand followers on Facebook. And it's now over 80,000, uh, you know, people who get to tune in on Facebook every other week and follow these incredible rescue road trips. Um, and I think it's, you know, it was my goal in writing this book to bring more awareness to the problem um, that exists and hopefully, you know, sort of preach the gospel of rescue, so to speak. And, um, you know, we have, um, you know, we, we, my wife joined in and we, we raised uh, some money for a new new rig for Greg. He was, you know, his, the one he's driving now has seen better days. And so I think, uh, I, I hope the book has sort of even made that community around Greg's rescue road trips just even that much bigger. I would say so. That's a significant jump from twenty to 80,000. And then all the people that that reaches is, and, as well. Um, and Greg? What, how do you feel, you know, some noticeable things that you, you've experienced since uh, the encounter in 2012 with you and Peter? Um, what I would most like to touch on is something that you really can't see um, and, and it's not tangible. Um, okay. Peter does preach the gospel of rescue, so he is raising awareness. Um, there's no way to put a number on that uh, that awareness. There's no way to put a number on how many dogs that that Peter's efforts have helped. Um, you know, just by getting the book and getting the problem out there in, in front of more of the public, um, you, you just you just can't can't say. But in the very beginning, when Peter contacted me, and I wasn't sure whether Peter was just another kook in my email um, in my inbox or or what was going on. Um, I had discussed it with my wife, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to go for it, because regardless of anything that happens, if this guy can just help one extra dog get out, then then there was a benefit. Um, now, a couple of years later, I can tell you he helped a lot more than one dog get out. Um, he's helped raise awareness, um, and, and we can't even begin to guess how many dogs have been helped because of this. But um, just raising the awareness um, and getting it out in the public has been a tremendous help to the, to the whole rescue effort and, and to the, the plight of dogs getting into forever homes and getting out of kill shelters. Absolutely. And I would think, too, with the validation of such a strong book and its impact on Amazon, et cetera, and in the awareness, it adds a whole other layer of um, validity um, to rescue and and those kind of things i and and the approach in which you've you've done it i have been an animal activist all my life and i've gone to commissioner meetings and things like that and i would see you know some of the people they're so passionate they're hurting they want laws changed they want new policies they want these things but they don't understand they go to these meetings and they just start yelling at the commissioners you know and and that it just closes them down and they're not they're not getting the progress nor the impact that they 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 need to make um 
And that was going to be a, a deeper call that I was going to have, you know, to people on the show more than uh, more than one time is to say that to get involved, um, you can go to Peter's website, uh, which is Peter com, and so it's P-E-T-E-R-Z-H-E-U-T-L-I-N.com, and you can also go to RescueRoadTrips.com and find out all about what can be done and, and what is needed. And often people say, well, I, d- I don't really need one more animal or I don't want to adopt an animal or I live in a condo. Sorry, you know, I can't, I can't adopt an animal because I live in a condo. They won't allow pets. But you could take that same amount of money every year that you would be giving towards that and still donate that money to help with this cause. Do you know what I mean? Don't you guys agree that it would be great if people would learn to look broader and bigger on just some simple things that can be done um, rather than just stopping with an immediate no answer? You know, Greg Greg is often asked, um, you know, what can I do to help? And it isn't just donating money to to a rescue or or to rescue road trips. You know, there are local shelters that need volunteers just to walk dogs and just yes. to spend time and socialize them and it's very uplifting it's very rewarding it's you know it's an important piece of the puzzle and you know it's such a joyful thing to do so you don't it's, you know you don't even have to open your checkbook you just have to open your heart and go and you know go to a local shelter and say you know what what can i do you know to help absolutely or do it both you know, mm-hmm. both and, if you happen to have a lot of both of those. Um, right. it, I totally agree with Peter on that, though I will take mm-hmm. it a bit further of saying, um, you know, there are some that can't even make it out to their sh- uh, local shelter. We've tried to add up the number of people who who have had contact or were involved with a dog from the start to the finish, to the finish being when it finally gets to its forever family. Uh, sometimes we can't even get a, a, a handle on that number because there are so many people. There are so many jobs within rescue, and rescue is totally volunteer. If you if if you want to help, you don't have to take a dog. You don't have to adopt a dog. You don't have to give money. Um, there are so many things that you could do if you really do want to help. Contact a rescue and just say, "Hey, um, I, I want to help, and here are some of the talents I have, or here are some of the." some of the areas that I would like to help in. Um, there are people that set up all night posting dogs onto Pet Finder so that they get seen. There are people that write bios for the dog. There are people that go out and take pictures of the dog so the dogs can get seen on Pet Finder. Um, there are people that go to their, their local shelter and, and walk dogs. They, they help their local shelter organize fundraisers for that shelter. There are, there are literally a, a zillion different ways that if you want to help this, help the rescue effort, you, you can help. It's not just in, in adopting a dog. Um, you can help in dogs getting adopted. If you've got time, if you've got the heart, please contact your local shelter. Please contact your local rescue. Yeah, and I would add to that another plea that I don't know um, if if you 
uh, guys are aware of it, but for anybody that's involved in any church organization or spiritual community, you can go to the leaders of that organization, and if you have the space, you could propose to them that they invite rescue teams to come to their community. We started this two years ago. We have Cat Sunday and Dog Sunday. We have rescue teams come to our campus where we have hundreds of people trafficking through, and we have adopted out 140 pets um, in close to a two-year period. So there's, like you're saying, um, both of you, there's all kind of out-of-the-box ways that that people, you know, together we're doing more than just one or two of us are thinking of, of making an impact. And that is just, you know, it adds up. It, it really makes a difference. Um, and the other thing that I am finding important at least in my own life and promotions, and I don't know how um, how you guys identify with this. I like that on your website, when on rescueroadtrips.com, Greg, I like that there is the letter from Fido. I like the fact that we're talking kill shelter. I, and I find that that's part of our humanity, that if we would just say the words that they are, because, you know, mm-hmm. we don't put animals to sleep, we kill them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that part of our culture has hidden underneath the, we, we, we do the softer approach. You know, oh yeah, they, you know, they put little Sophie to sleep. No, they didn't. They killed her. When you mm-hmm. help someone go to sleep, they wake up the next day. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so I didn't know if you had a feeling about that either way, well, but I, I think that in our awareness, if we could all claim what's really going on, we could make a lot more progress than just the softer approach from time to time. I'm not talking anger and being against things and, you know, mean marches, but I but I do think the words we use are real important. Temple, this is Peter. I was going to just say that, you know, when we made a decision four years ago to adopt a rescue dog, I... I had no clue about the extent of the problem. And it's a largely, to most people in the country, it's a largely invisible problem. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But if you, you know, take a walk, for example, in the Fifth Ward of Houston, it's not the safest place to walk, but if you do, you come face-to-face with this problem. Um, You see countless stray dogs struggling to survive on the street. But unless you live in one of these communities where these dogs are concentrated, it's a problem you tend, particularly up here in the Northeast, um, you know, you just don't see stray dogs. To many people, it's just an invisible problem. You're Um, right. You're spot on. It's an invisible problem. Mm Mm-hmm. You're so right. Well, it's so great having uh, both of you on the show. We're going to take a short break now. I want to thank everybody for participating with the Intentional Spirit for your ongoing contributions uh, energetically and otherwise to Unity Online Radio so we can continue to be the voice for the awakening world. We'll be right back to hear more from Peter and Greg. And I know many of you, I can hear you applauding in the background. Great guest today. We'll be right back.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug? Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And we are celebrating today the organization Rescue Road Trips. That's rescueroadtrips.com with the creator and founder, Greg Maley. And, of course, then we have the well-known journalist who has featured this, brought more highlight to it, telling Greg's story time and time again in his book. And that is 
Peter Zoitland. And so, that being said, Peter, you know, often we hesitate when we're talking about ourselves <laughs> and what yeah. we endure or what we're committed to. And I, I thought it would be great um, if you highlight for our listening audience, uh, what is what is is it like to be Greg Maley? I mean, here he is. We're talking 55,000 animals. We're talking a lot of activity, 10 years of work. Paint this story for us so we get a clue of how's he doing it and what's he doing and and how does his time fit in each and every month with his family. Well, it's it's really, I found it rather extraordinary um, when I started to learn about just what was involved in Greg's work. And just to set the stage, so Greg, for the past decade, has left his home in Ohio like clockwork every other Monday to make a trip of almost 4,500 miles down to Texas and the Gulf Coast where he's picking up rescue dogs that have been saved by rescue organizations, and he's going to bring them up to the Northeast to to their forever families. It's a grueling trip. It would be a tough trip to make, you know, in a luxury sedan. It's even more demanding in a in a big rig where you've got 80 dogs that you that are you know they've beaten the odds to make it to the door of your truck these are really underdogs that have won the lottery just to ever see the inside of greg's truck so it's a huge responsibility he's got a he and one other driver have to take care of these dogs for you know several days on the road um there are constant stress you know it's a physically demanding job um, not just the, the exhausting driving, but taking care of the dogs and cleaning the kennels. And um, and it's a very stressful job. Um, there's weather to contend with. Um, Greg was stuck in a blizzard for three days in 2009 uh, in Virginia with 40, I think 40 to 50 dogs in the back of his truck. Um, there are mechanical failures. And he's got the hopes and dreams of all these families waiting at the other end on his shoulders. So it's it's an enormous commitment. He lives in the truck when he's on the road, um, you know, away from his family, literally half of his life. Um, there's a tremendous amount of sacrifice um, that goes into him. But, but for everyone who meets him at the other end of the line, who's waiting to pick up a dog, you know, he hops out of that truck uh, weary and, you know, you know, looking a little grubby from a week on the road, but with in such high spirit, you know, um, and everyone who's had this experience on what's called Gotcha Day, Greg becomes the hero. But I want to just add one thing, because to his credit, when we were on the road together, he emphasized to me over and over again, he said, look, I'm just the last link in a very long chain. And the people picking up the dogs, I'm going to be the face of the process to them. But it took a hundred people to extend their hearts and lay their hands on these dogs to make this moment possible. So that's why the book um, Rescue Road is not just Greg's story, but it's the story of a whole network of volunteers who do this really heroic, difficult work. Um, you know, Greg gets to see the happy endings every other Saturday um, for all this work. Many of the people, you know in the trenches, pulling dogs from shelters and getting them ready and finding them homes, they don't ever get to see those big moments. And that's part of why Greg keeps a record on Facebook. It's it's for those folks, too. 
And thank you, Peter. That was such a, a great uh, explanation so we could get a much better picture of it. Um, what is the Facebook link? Can we access it from the rescueroadtrips.com? Yes, that is possible. There is a link on rescueroadtrips.com that will take you right to the um, Facebook page, though it's of the same name. Rescue Road Trips. Um, so if you just go to Facebook and type in Rescue Road Trips, you'll be there. Okay. Great. Great. Well, you know, often sometimes when, when people talk about making a difference or helping animals and stuff like that, they, a lot of times people immediately say they don't, they don't have the time. I'm, I'm glad, Greg, that that wasn't your answer. Um, and according to what Peter's is saying, you know, so many things that you're doing, um, how do you keep your energy up? How, how do you take care of yourself that you keep going week after week after week? First of all, I'd like to touch on um, Peter describing me. Um, <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, he makes me sound great. Um, he polishes me up. Um, um, uh, and and uh, it's total flattery, it is. Um, I think of my, I'm just a regular guy. Um, there's nothing special about me. Uh, yeah, I get up every morning like everybody else does. Um, um, for For so many years of my life, I was in the restaurant business. And for so many years of my life, um, I chased a dollar. Um, everything, everything was about trying to have a better house or, or trying to drive a better car or anything like that. Everything to do with a dollar. Um, now at this point in my life, you don't make a dime in doing this. Um, you really don't. You're lucky if you can make ends meet, but that's not what it's about. Um, if I can get up in the morning and if I can do just one little thing during my day, that I think helps change the world, then I sleep better at night. I sleep so well at night now, I wish I would have discovered this all so much earlier in my life, but I didn't. Um, but I'm here now, and I'm enjoying it. Um, um, it's helping dogs. It's helping people. It, it's helping. Um, it's not helping in, in one particular area because it bleeds over into other areas. If you're helping the dog, you're helping the family. If you're helping the family, you're helping the children. You, you're helping the children become better people who are eventually helping the world be a better place. Um, uh, so my one little thing compounds into in more little things. And, and that makes me happy. And that makes, you know, yeah, it is a hard job. And, yeah, it does kick my butt on most days. Um, but I love doing it. I love being with the dogs more than anything. I, I'm the happiest person in the world when I'm in the trailer with all of the dogs. Uh, when we lay down at night, uh, I can hear them all breathing. I can hear them rustling in their crates. Uh, um, the, the, it, it's like being inside uh, this magnificent life that that you're just able to step into and, and you can feel the life so well when all the dogs are out of the trailer it, it it's not the same um you hear metal creaking um there's no life in the trailer and i don't like being in there at that point but when we've got dogs in there man i'm telling you it's a good place and, and you know you're making a difference i'm not making any kind of a difference to the pet overpopulation problem um, but if you check with any of the dogs inside the trailer, I'm making a difference in their life. And if you check with any of the, the adopters, I've made a difference in their life too. Therefore, maybe the world is just a wee little bit of a better place today than it was yesterday because of something that I did. And you know what? That makes me happy. And that makes me smile at gotcha day. That gives me energy. Um, I miss my wife terribly. I'm crazy in love with my wife. 
Um, and I, it, it's tough leaving her. I leave her for a week at a time. So six months of the year I'm on the road, six months of the year I'm at home. And every other week I have to kiss her and tell her goodbye. And I miss her like crazy when I'm gone. But when I'm home, I miss being with the dogs too. So it's, it's a constant tightrope that I'm walking of, of being with my family, um, seeing my stepson grow up and, Knowing that there are dogs somewhere that that just need me to give them a hand, um, uh, they're not looking for a whole lot from me. They just need a little bit. All they need is a ride, and you know what? I can provide them with a ride, um, and that ride turns into something really good. Temple, I just want to say what you just heard. This is this is why Greg is sort of a writer's dream. And yes, you know, <laughs> made it so easy to to write the book because you know he he he's. He's just so passionate about what he does and so eloquent about it. And, you know, since your program's called Intentional Spirit, I just wanted to say something. You know, um, Greg's very thoughtful about every aspect of what he does. And I think, you know, keep, you know, chronicling each journey on Facebook is one example of that, thinking about those adopters who were waiting and all those volunteers who helped that dog before it got to Greg. You know, thinking about them and what would be nice for them to see while he's on the road. But just another small example, when families, you know, there's usually a big crowd there to meet the truck at various stops on Gotcha Day. And on several occasions, I've seen Greg, you know, there'll be a family and and there are children there. Greg takes the folder that has all of the dog's medical records and almost always remembers to give it to the child. And he says, it's really important when you go to the first appointment with your veterinarian that you bring this folder and, you know, he's sending a message there. It's not just, you know, random. He's saying this is, gonna, this is an exciting moment. It's a great day. You'll never forget it. But it's also a responsibility. So he's, he's thought through, you know, all the little details about how he does what he does. That is so, I know, he's so humble. <laughs> Well, he is in you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, the part Peter's touching on about the children, um, that's a big thing to me because I can remember my first dog, um, and it wasn't called Rescue back then. It was just a stray following you home. Um, and you'd go out on your bike, and, and I thought it was the greatest thing if I could get a dog to follow me home. Um, there's another stray. You know, my mother was never happy about this. My father was never happy either because I loved strays following me home. But my very first dog, um, his name was Poochie, and Poochie taught me so much about being a better person. Um, just having that stray in my life, it, it taught me responsibility. It taught me love. It taught me compassion. It it taught me, it gave me so many lessons to try to make me a little bit of a better person in this world. And I think about that when I hand off a dog to a young child at this point. There, something I've done today, just something little. I took a week of my time and I went and got a dog and I brought it to this child. And that dog is going to teach him the same things that I was taught how to be responsible, how to love. It teaches compassion. Therefore, when I go to sleep tonight, the world is just a little bit of a better place just because I took a little bit of time out of my week and helped out a dog. 
You know, I, I love that story, and, and you hear often sometimes parents saying, uh, or grandparents saying, you know, uh, my child or my grandchild wants a dog, but uh, there's so much trouble to take care of, or, you know, whatever. They don't, you're exactly spot on, they don't understand how much the dog takes care of the child. Uh, like you, um, I remember that the first dog, and every one of them after that, and how my whole life has always been transformed each and every time, you know, by having them, but especially with children, uh, the difference that it that it makes. Well, Peter, you also collected a lot of great things in the book. Um, would you like to take the time and, and tell us um, some excerpts or some things from it? Because it's a very, very powerful book. Um, it's it's had a lot of energy on Amazon. Um, it's a very successful rescue road. One man, 30,000. 30,000. Uh, I can't see that word. Ah, oh, thank you. My computer went furry. 30,000 dogs and a million miles on the last Hope Highway. I just love that. And that dog and those eyes. I also want to know the story about that. That is just like, you want to <laughs> cry looking at that dog. <laughs> I, I, no, he's got, he's got very soulful eyes. I, people often he ask does. me, is that dog on the cover your dog? The answer is no. Um, and that's actually probably a stock photograph, but um, uh, but I have to say he does remind me of, of Albie, um, the dog that Greg brought to us. Um, after your question, there's one thing Greg said to me, and it was actually the first time we ever traveled together. And the first time I ever traveled with Greg, it was just overnight one night, and I slept in the trailer with Greg and the dogs, and the next day was gotcha day, and we drove from... Pennsylvania up through New England, and when we got to the what was then the last stop, uh, which was Putnam, Connecticut, northeastern Connecticut at that time, we we pulled into the parking lot was the designated meeting spot, and there were probably about fifty people, you know, many of them holding signs of for their dogs, and as soon as the, they saw the truck, there was you know visible excitement, people kind of clapping and jumping up and down and. The, the truck pulled to a stop, and you know what it sounds like when a big rig like that comes to a stop. There's a release of air from the the brakes, and you heard that sound. But before Greg jumped out of the truck, and without my even prodding him to say anything, he just looked out the window, and this is exactly what he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, a few days ago, all these dogs were going to die, and now the Doors are going to swing open, the light's going to pour in, and each one of them is going to be delivered into the arms of a loving family. This is heaven. And I took that to mean not just heaven for the dogs, not just heaven for all those folks who were waiting, but it was his personal idea of heaven, too. And um, that will stay with me always. And that's exactly how he said it, and it's why... For, he was kind of a writer's dream because you can't make up stuff like that. No, you can't. Peter, will you say that statement again? I think it warrants mention because you say yeah, it again. He, he said, a few days ago, all these dogs were going to die. Now the doors are going to swing open, the light's going to pour in, and every one of them is going to be delivered into the arms of a loving family. Mm. This is heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Very powerful. <laughs> that um, is heaven. He, yeah. he, could, he could have been a writer. <laughs> wow. But it's but it's kind of true. Um, you know, a lot of times I put myself, and it's like, what can the dog possibly be thinking? And you know, we are there. We're there in the trailer. Um, and there are lights on in the trailer, um, but there are no windows, so there's no bright daylight coming in. Um, the door of the trailer opens, and the daylight floods in. It's almost blinding. And I carry the dog into that daylight, and then all of a sudden, you can kind of, you're, you're out into the daylight, and you're, you're starting to focus on what's out there. And there's somebody smiling, and their arms are open. And I hand the dog off into those arms. Um, that has got to be exactly what it's like going to heaven. And that dog did go to heaven and, and I got to go to heaven with it. So for just, just a few minutes out of my day, I got to experience heaven and I, I got to experience true love and, and total joy. And yeah, um, 3000 miles, um, um, torn clothes, dirty hands. And, and I get just a little glimpse. Um, yes, that made it all worth it. Um, you guys, um, do you circle back and, and get to hear about some other stories with some of the families or some of the dogs? A few of the families stay in contact with me, um, uh, through Facebook. Um, and that's the encouragement we need to keep going. Um, a lot of times you've been involved with a dog from the time that it was pulled off the street and the rescues have been involved with it and and, we'll, and especially the rescues. They're the ones on the other end of the the run that are seeing only the bad things um, and seeing only the heartbreaking things and they're the ones that shed lots of tears over the dogs. Um, so it's really important for the adopting families um, just to share a picture maybe six months from, from the time they got their dog or something and say, hey, look, you know, here, here's, here's Fido and he, he's doing great and he's happy and, and you get to see that dog that, that was on the street and all, all shabby and covered in fleas and, and he's in a home now and you can look in his eyes and you can see the happiness and you can see the contentness and he's not dirty anymore and, and you know that your efforts your efforts were there in that dog, um, and that'll make you keep doing what you're doing. That'll make you go back out on the street, and it'll make you get another dog and try to find it at home, too. Peter, have you have you been out when you're promoting the book and different things? I mean, on occasion, do you and Greg try to do a book tour together? Is, does that work out with lifestyles, or do you basically represent the book? Because I know with both of your active schedules, that's probably not really achievable. But Peter, no, do you actually? We actually have done probably a half a dozen or so book events together. Um, Greg's been here on the East Coast, and we did an event together on Cape Cod. I went out to Ohio and did some in his neck of the woods. And a few weeks ago, we were together. At the Massachusetts School of Law, they gave Greg a, uh, a humane, what they called their humanitarian award on a on Animal Rights Day there. So um, we have seen each other. I, th- I think um, you know beyond Greg being a great subject for a book, we've we've become friends. And um, you know, it's um, you know, I, I never envisioned how much Albie, the dog that Greg drove up to us, would would change my life. Um, you know, it really was a whole new trajectory. It led to this book. It led to my friendship with Greg. And, um, 
And, you know, like Greg said, I, I, I have followed up with some of the, I did for the book with some of the adopters whose dogs were on the, tri- on the truck when I was traveling with Greg. And, in fact, tonight I'm going to be talking to two women. Um, it's an extraordinary story. They adopted a dog named Noah, who his rescuer in Houston thought he was dead. He was on a pile of trash on the street. He was, got, he was brought to a rescue called Houston Shaggy Dog Rescue. Uh, months of intensive veterinary care, and he's now happily living uh, the hipster life in Brooklyn with a new family, um, uh, Linda and Andrea, and I'm going to be talking to them tonight. I never met Noah. He's an amazing success story. Um, uh, you know, he's just he's truly one of the luckiest dogs you can imagine I'm actually going to be talking to his family tonight. So, yeah, you do. You, you, you hear from me. I've even, look, I've, I've actually been walking in the woods with my dog and met other people with a dog, and you get to talking. And I've met on several occasions, people said, and we get to, said, oh, Greg Maley, Rescue Road Trips, he drove my dog north. And, you know, and that's just pure happenstance. And I've had people come to my book talks, um, who show up and they raise their hand at the end and they said, I was at a, I had a gotcha day. Greg brought my dog north three years ago. And so, you know, it really creates these, this, it's just a lasting experience that really lasts well beyond that gotcha day. Wow. And just one uh, ripple effect after another, it sounds like to me. And, and what a, what a great encounter that you are seeking um, a dog peter for your for your family and <laughs> it's changed your changed your whole life in so many ways oh yeah. oh yeah and i was one of those people you mentioned who resisted getting a dog until my youngest child was going to be a senior in high school and um uh you know we probably waited too long but we got the right dog Yes, yes, and it's um, and it's it's just the thing. It's like I say it a lot, you know, that we we often think we find the animal, but it does have a unique way of finding us, and it brings us just what we need. You know, I've seen it so many times with people with ailments or emotional problems or those kind of things in my line of work, and that's that animal offers so much comfort and transformation. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible you know what can happen well in our remaining um a couple of minutes here um greg or or peter is there is there something else um that you really would like our our audience to know greg i'll let you go first if you could think of it um i'd like the audience to know uh, just go out and try to do one thing today and it doesn't have to be a big spectacular thing um it it could be something really small but just try to do one kind thing in the world um if you see a dog pat it on its head uh say a nice word to it um if you see someone on the street give them a smile uh try to try to just do one wee little thing um and if we all work together and try to do that one wee little thing the world truly will be a better place Uh, um now, to go into rescue road trips, uh, I operate on Band-Aids, shoestrings, and prayers to hold everything together. Um, donations are critical, um, and they don't have to be monetary donations. Um, they can be uh, 
supporting us on on Facebook. Um, it could be donations of of threadbare towels. Um, it could be simple something as simple as just keeping us in your thoughts. Um, uh, that's a very important donation to me. Um, uh, just keep me in your thought, thoughts and, and have good hopes for for our safety and that we're we're able to continue doing what we're doing. Um, <clears throat> Just any little thing. I'm not asking anything major of anybody. Uh, um, like I said at the beginning, um, give a dog a pat on the head. Say a kind word to it. Um, keep us in your thoughts. Um, smile at somebody on the street. That's, that's all I would ask of anybody. And I would just add, you know, if, if folks are thinking about getting a dog, think rescue. You know, there are just so many dogs in need. Um, you know, you've probably heard the phrase, uh, don't shop, adopt. Um, I had a lot of misconceptions about rescue dogs, shelter dogs, that they were somehow damaged goods, they would be unpredictable, less healthy. It's, it, it turns out it's exactly the opposite. And people who know far more about this than I do um, will tell you that the best breed is a mixed breed. Um, you know, they tend to be healthier. And, mo- and many there are purebred rescue dogs, but many of them are of mixed, mixed breeds. Um, there's no reason to be intimidated or afraid of adopting a, sh- a shelter dog or a rescue dog, but ask around and work with a reputable rescue organization that maybe, you know, ask a veterinarian, um, you know, talk to other people, find out what their experience has been, because as in everything else, whether it's lawyers, doctors, contractors, there are good and bad, um, and but but you shouldn't shy away from opening your heart to a rescue dog. Um, now, these dogs, most of them have suffered in some way. And in, in our case, Albie, we don't know how he ended up, you know, as a stray in central Louisiana. Um, but, he, you know, he, he was alone and wandering and, and, and thin when he was picked up. And so he had something in his background, some deprivation. And, you know, setting the world right for a dog like that is just so fulfilling. Um, so think rescue. That would be my two-word answer. And I'm going to add to that, and I'm going to ask all of you who are listening to do what I just did. I just took the link to rescueroadtrips.com, and I sent it to 90,000 people and asked them to share it. Um, it can be a simple action. It can be a moment, um, something that you can do. Let's get behind this because every life really does matter. It's been my pleasure to have you on the show today, Greg and Peter. I want to remind everybody to go to the website, uh, rescueroadtrips.com, and also to know more about Peter and his wonderful work. And Peter, um, is that the main website you want us to go to for the book? Is your yeah, personal? Yeah, it, it, it's mainly devoted to Rescue Road. My, my previous books are also there, but it's uh, Peter, and then my last name is Z-H-E-U-T-L-I-N. Dot com doesn't roll off the tongue easily, but that's it. It's a beautiful name. And for those of you that have enjoyed our conversation today, you can join me for more radio shows on templehays.com and other um, things and speaking and daily inspirations, or join us on firstunity.org. It's been my pleasure to have you guys on the show. Uh, keep up the great work, and please, let's have you on the show again. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is a balancing act with hectic schedules and ceaseless demands on our time and attention. We've learned to prioritize. So often, though, I neglect to make time for what is most important. In our drive to get things done, there is an underlying desire, a need we all share, the need for peace. It is a gift that waits within me, ready to be enjoyed if I will simply allow myself the opportunity to connect. Inner peace lessens the everyday stresses of life and reminds me that how I am, the mental and spiritual point from which I view myself, is as important as what I do. I can make peace a priority. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. 
Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 
1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.